Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. You know the credits, maybe. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that intro song with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. And Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Bless him. And Vilmos works on my website. And Vilmos, you should check uh, the links on that because he is available to do your website, it turns out. He's hanging up a shingle. He's doing it. So go check him out. It is a great month. The sponsor this month <laughs> is my sister. My sister, Darlication, who pronounces her name in a way that many people want to pronounce my name, which is with Cashian or Kashian or she ethnics it up. I don't know why. Our dad always said Cation. But much like Stephen Colbert, she gets to do whatever she wants. So it's a great episode. Um feel free to know about the things in my life, which of course are, this will make an excellent Horcrux DVD and CD available April 1st, available right now for $5 download on allthingsrecords.com through the allthingscomedy.com podcast network of which I am part of and I love those guys. You should go over there and check them out. And on jackiecation.com, there's t-shirts and CDs and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going all over the place. Hong Kong. Uh, Austin, Texas, Chicago this summer, very glamorous, or this fall, or something like that. Anyway, go to JackieCation.com for full details of absolutely everything else. Let's get into it. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in glamorous Sherman Oaks in the Jay Moore uh, office. Yeah, that's where I am. I'm with Jay Moore, oddly <clears> enough. Welcome hello, to the program. darling. Hello and welcome. Nobody knows about my other identity. They, <laughs> do you only know me as such? I only know you as that You guy. only know me as James Mason. James Mason. The Jackie Cation podcast. I did podcast. your podcast and then I did your radio show before we did your podcast. Yeah, we are uh, multimedia people. We're into hour three here. Yeah, we're, we're filming a reality show on the way down. We're both getting punked. Right now they're uh, detailing, de- quote, detailing our cars. Perfect. Get that 2003 Toyota Corolla and trick it out. 2003, braggart. I know it. I know it. It's, uh, quite honestly, I've, I got that one new and I was like, hey, that's the nicest car I've ever had in my life. I'm jealous. I'm still and, in a uh, horse-drawn you, carriage. Oh, that's But beautiful. I have a footman. Oh, Okay. All right, that's where you put all your money? You put all your money into the footman? No, he's an actual human being that helps. It's a footman. He helps yeah, yeah. me. A man who... Oh, that's right. I put yeah. my money... Instead of... Uh, yeah. Instead of the actual God, you're vehicle. funny and smart and fast, oh. and I actually uh, let the ball go right past oh, me. Oh, that's all right. Uh, yeah, all my money, uh, you know, it's like, do I want to put a nice uh, saddle on the horse? I'm never going to ride the horse. I'm in the back <laughs> in this fancy uh, carriage. Spoiler on the back of the... So spo- you know what? I'm going to get a very fancy footman. Right. Get him an outfit. A nice. Hat. I make him dress as a bunny. <laughs> Ears. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. Jay Moore. Easter's right around the corner. Christ has risen, Jackie. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> Happy Lent to everyone Happy listening. Lent. Here's what, here at the Dork Forest, we like to do a little dork on dork dialogue. Stand-up comedy, of course, is where I know you from most. And that and the moving pictures. The moving pictures on the television and the, the picture and the, show and, and the, and the films. But, uh, it's, it's, you're at Jay Moore with a number. 37. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, the, the year my, my father, my father was born in 1937 okay. and he used to race cars when I was a kid and he mm-hmm. always had a 37 on his car. And then when I played baseball in high school and little league, mostly high school when kids really get a little numbers yeah. obsessed, no one's going to argue over the 37. 
No one is. Kids are like, I'm eight. Fuck you, I'm eight. And then I'd say I'm 37 and they would have to like actually iron one on for me because nobody ever wants to be 37. <laughs> right. Someone wants to be three maybe or seven. <laughs> so I just adopted the year my dad was born as my lucky number because without him. Is that your lucky me. number? It's a good yeah, one. I guess. I mean, yeah. it's the, it's at jmore37 because you know, people squat on your name. They cyber squat mm-hmm. and they go, Hey, for, uh, you know, I've had this conversation with people. They go, can... all you have to do is mail the guy $11 and I'm like, I wouldn't mail the guy an empty envelope. Like I wouldn't waste a stamp. <laughs> right. I'm. I have followers yeah. at Jmore37, and it'll be fine. Yeah. You can get verified. It'll all work out. You are verified. I'm pretty sure. I'm verified and validated. If you live in LA, you must be both. Yeah, you must ask it. for validation. On I got validation to come into this building. You look nice. Thanks. And you have a great disposition. You're doing well in the deportment department. <laughs> the universe supports me, and I am loved. Yeah. The so, universe supports everybody, but sometimes people have a hard time wrapping their minds around they it. They can't accept it, man. You just got to accept it. It unfolds as it should. Right. It cl- closes in on itself as it should. And it won't unfold, leaving you in the lurch, and it won't close in on you. No, and there's and it's infinite. There's enough for everybody out there, folks. There's enough for everybody. James Brown put it best. I got mine. I can't worry about his. Oh. He was really talking about the universe. Oh, okay. It's All infinite. Right. Who cares? I got my little piece of the pie here. What did I, I – I swear to God, Eminem had the greatest line. It was like, the greatest thing about me is that I'm not you. And, uh, right. and it was, and, and that's enough or something like that. It was a great, it's a great line. He said a bunch of great lines, obviously, cause he's, yeah. he's one of the greatest rappers that ever lived. But the one that put, this is my wheelhouse actually, cause I love hip hop so much, but the line that put him over the top in the black community. Yeah. How can I be white if I don't exist? And then brothers everywhere, people, or just white people that were poor. Yeah. Anybody down on their luck was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that was it. That's like with Nirvana. I, I got, feel stupid. I got chills. Yeah. With Nirvana, it was I feel stupid and contagious, and yeah. the entire generation went. So do I. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Springsteen. If you want to go all the way back uh, with, um, uh, it's a town full of losers, and I'm pulling out of here to win. And you're like, right. fuck yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting out. How can I be white if I don't exist? Right, Ruth Brown. I like it when men hit me. Less exciting. Less exciting. Ruth. Time, is that first time you hit me? I saw stars. Uh, I think so. <laughs> I think and Ruth Brown kept. There were several songs where she was talking about how she liked the guy who hit her. Give it up for Ruth Brown, y'all. <laughs> She's always a favorite on the review circuit. Oh, God, amazing voice. The song was. The songs were beautiful. A little too much. A little too much owning. Um, the cutting. Yeah, that, that's something you uh you say for your uh deathbed autobiography. Yeah, that's. By the way, I liked when guys used to punch me out. <laughs> I am 77 years old and I don't accept it anymore because my bones are brittle. Yeah. Uh, that's an inside your head voice, uh, Ruth. Like an inside voice, but an inside your head voice. By the way, mm-hmm. just saying to every nurse that comes by, some nice Trinidadian man comes by. How are we today, Miss Brown? I like to be punched in the face <laughs> while lovemaking. <laughs> Excellent. What's your safe word, Ruth? Um, uh, I asked my wife once what her safe word was and yeah. she goes, stop. Oh, that's a good one. That's a perfect good one. Just fucking stop. <laughs> Just stop. Knock We're it done off. Now. Yeah, I have to say that uh, somebody told me once that Barry Manilow's safe word was apricot. It makes perfect sense. It feels of, right, doesn't and it? And it's a nice word. Mm-hmm. And it's not – nobody says it off offhand. It's Nobody a, just says like it right, out of line. Right off the pen of like E.E. E. Cummings, like apricot. Oh, it is nice. Barry Manilow and your apricot <laughs> tone. Untie me apricot. Tell me about a tree. Uh, I have, let's talk about your dorkdom because I asked you about it. You gave me many, yeah. but the one I kind of liked was, uh, presidential biographies. Is that dorkdom or does that make me a learned man? Oh, both, both. both? It's, uh, so that's the dichotomy of can, me. If you can retain it, I think it's learned. If you just really liked reading them, but you have no knowledge of Teddy Roosevelt after it's over. I'm a little obsessive a little with American, uh, presidents. I like pro wrestling a lot back in the day. Not now. Sure. Too many stories, not enough wrestling. Oh, okay. And, uh, that's because you games. were a wrestler in high school. Yeah, I was a, I liked pro wrestling. Even in high school? The Crusher? Baron Von Raschke? Uh, you know, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked all those guys. Junkyard Dog, Jimmy Snooker, Don Morocco. The High Flyers. Fabulous Moolah. <laughs> He'd come by every once in a while. Every once in a while, it'd be two little people versus one big guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jumping uh, Jim Brunzel. Let's do this. I like that. Yeah. Look at you. Greg Gagne. 
Gagner. Gagn- it oh, means he gagn- win in French. Oy vey. Mon it means, lapin. what are you thinking in Ch- Jewish? Tu sais ça. Gagner qui win. Si j'étais un garçon, j'aurais un zizi. That's all I have left of my five semesters of French. Five? Yeah, I passed three of them. Huh? Come on, up high. Up high. Up top. <laughs> up I won't top. leave you hanging. Uh, you know, I love presidential biographies, and I didn't know I did until... Uh, did you sort of accidentally read one, like fall into it a little bit? I never got on camera on Saturday Night Live and I was having horrible, horrible panic attacks. Yeah. And I had to do, and I couldn't watch TV because TV really weirded me out. Okay. In my dressing room and I was just sitting there on a show night doing nothing. So I'm like, you know what? I'll read. I'll get super, uh, focused on something, but I got to read something. You know, I've already plowed through Bukowski and all the uh, early 90s St. Mark's Place. I smoke a lot of pot books that you spoke. I read Burroughs Drunkie. I read Burroughs Queer. I read all these things already. Uh, you know, Kerouac. Yeah, I read all yeah. that. And then I was Ginsburg. like, read something of substance where you have to like commit yourself to it. So it was Richard Reeves' biography of uh, John F. Kennedy. I think it's called Profile and Power. Okay. And I was astounded at how in-depth it was, like how detailed, like to the minute. His Not, life? Well, no, the biography itself. Yeah. Everybody's life is pretty much to the minute. Right. Well, you know I mean, we're all day to day. Yeah, yeah. All day. And, uh, <laughs> it, it was, you know, starting from where I grew up and stuff. And that's the part that always puts me to sleep. Like is when you read an Elvis years? biography, yeah. I don't really give a shit when he was six years old and he's playing in the dirt and he killed a worm with a stick. Right. Let's get to Colonel Parker <laughs> and pick up the pace. And when did he get fat? Yeah, yeah. Just truncated yeah, yeah. for me. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was written in a way where it, like the rise to power was exceptional and, uh, it, it didn't really help panic at all, but I uh, I know a lot about JFK's presidency. Okay, so you like it to be about the adult successful life. You're not so much into the backstory. Of- no, I love the backstory. Okay, the the, Lo- like the J- childhood. Like J, I like the childhood a little bit, but the, just what, keep it moving. What happens in the White House is what absolutely blows my mind. Okay, and the backstory and the back channels and the things that happened there. Like JFK was horrible. At being president. What? He was groomed for it his whole life. His right, older right. brother, Joe Jr., was supposed yeah. to be president, but I think he got shot down over Korea, maybe? Yeah, he was killed. He died. In and the that's war. really, uh, the number one requisite for being president is to be a living human being. Right. And I think you <laughs> also have to be- your first go. And you have to be 35 as and, well. Right, I think. And American born. American and, and born alive. citizen. And alive. Uh, but I feel a Tyler Perry movie coming on. Dead president. <laughs> so yeah, he, uh, when he was in the White House, all, you know, the, Cold War and stuff, uh, yeah. shit hit the fan and he would vote. Everything came to a vote. He didn't understand like executive power. Like we kind of all look to uh-huh. you. So all generals, you know, surgeons vote to operate. Yeah. And you know, but generals vote to go to war. Yeah. And then everybody else on the other side of the table vote don't. And it was always like a five on five standoff and he would just delay forever. Like oh the my Cuban God. missile crisis. The reason That's it why it got really went tense. on so long. And then he would finally hook up with Bobby. Who was the attorney general? He kind of had his hands full. Yeah. And then Bobby was the guy that actually be like, "Why don't you uh, have a blockade?" Right. Or like some kind of medium. So Bobby thing. must have been like, "Wow, I love him like a brother, but this guy is not good at this job." Uh, I don't. Maybe I don't know. They, they were pretty close, mm-hmm. but Bobby, I think, knew it, it was his destiny too. Right, but I think like like when he, when when I think about. Teddy's the one that probably, because when you look at pictures of them when they're kids, yeah, Teddy's the hot one. Yeah. Right now, if you're listening to this podcast in front of a no computer. No one is more shocked. Look at uh 20-year-old Kennedys. Okay. Teddy Kennedy is fucking. The super fox. Baldwin hot. Oh, my God. Man, he's more no. of a ginger, so it's the right, other way. Right, but it's, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, he's hot. He's and the like hottest. Because Bobby always had, like, the weird, like, Warren Beatty teeth. Yeah. And JFK, it just, I don't know. It was a little Neanderthal kind of Mickey yeah, Dolan's right. kind of forehead. Well, he was whacked on steroids. You probably didn't know that about I him. did not know that. He had Addison's that... disease for his back. Yeah. And they shot him up with copious amounts of steroids. Oh. And when he died in Dallas, when they shot him, the first shot went through the throat. Yeah. That doesn't kill you. That's a tracheotomy, uh, Jackie Cation. I did not but he, know that. he went that. to bend down to right. get out of uh, harm's way because of his back brace that went from his hips all the way up above his armpits. Yeah. He couldn't bend down so he came back up and that's when they blew his head off uh, had he not been wearing a back brace he'd be uh on your podcast today <laughs> john kennedy on oh, yeah. the dork forest dork forest <laughs> oh i've uh, every, always enjoyed it I've always <laughs> i like the one from that uh, fellow from jeopardy oh yeah the ken jennings uh, that was that's recorded in seattle in seattle uh, a nice uh place to get salmon fish 
at, uh, on the it's rendezvous. Impression. It's a, but here's a, here's a, okay. So John Kennedy. So what you do is you end up finding out that he's not a great president, very charismatic guy. Was it a lot about every, everybody keeps talking about it, you know, his, his, his sex life. Uh, Was it a lot about his sex life? Not a lot because in the, um, in the time of his presidency, the sex life takes such a back seat to the fact that like we just started going to Vietnam and how are you going to handle that? How are you going to juggle oh, Vietnam? There was a lot of political things happening during his presidency. Yeah, and McCarthy. So the, the, the book decided to deal with those. J. Edgar Hoover going like, well, really uh, I don't know if you know this, but I run the, uh, <laughs> I run the White House, not you. And J. Yeah. Edgar Hoover and Bobby going back and forth and who's, who's, who's wiretapping who and we think see J. Edgar Hoover wears dresses, but J. Oh. J. Edgar Hoover knew about all the infidelities. Okay. But yeah, it does go into like, you know, how mortified Jackie Onassis was when Marilyn Monroe sung okay. Happy Birthday at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. uh, like right in her face. It, was, yeah, right in her it face. wasn't cool, but you know, she, uh, maybe she wasn't so, um, uh, she might have not been faithful she, either or uh, you know. she might have been getting some. Seems unlikely. Jackie Onassis. She didn't die. Pretty- she, she didn't, element, she didn't die of Kennedy, did she? No, she did not. She died in Onassis. That's right. She didn't wait. She didn't wait too long. She was like, I gotta move on. Here no. <laughs> She's a whole, Jackie Kennedy whore. I was named after Jackie Kennedy. Really? Weird? Yeah, really? It was. It was a, clearly, I don't know why I can get really out. Well, it's here's of, the, really? weird, the weird thing is, is it's not like, I mean, that's what, that's what I was told, but I was like, it's not like anybody knew the Kennedys in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, but it's very democratic. It's a very democrat state. It is, it is, it is, it, it's very liberal. My father, I think he said the last time he voted was in 72 for McGovern. Oh. And I and I I asked him why he stopped voting, and he was like, "Well, because neither of them are on my side." And I was like, "Are you an ent? Is that what's happening?" Which is a Lord of the Rings joke, anyway. But the thing is, is that my name was actually because I'm the youngest. They just put a bunch in, and my dad just was in between leads. <laughs> he was on. He was on. He was at work, and so he just stopped by. Uh, at the I think hospital. dad was an aluminum siding salesman. Yeah, he was in between leads for uh, to sell. Exciting. Yeah, but their house is in the neighborhood. I didn't know it was like, guess what? Just found a house no one knew about down the street. It's a, well, he, had, he was on sales calls, right? And so he stopped in between sales calls. All right. And what he used to call leads. And, uh, and I so. Love it. Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross of oh, Aluminum Siding. He, that book, that movie, it's like the Schindler's list of, of sales. A always B, B, C, S siding. Always be siding, gentlemen. <laughs> always. Put be. that ladder down. Aluminum sidings for closers. For closers. And so he stopped. Stopped by when I was born and, uh, and my mom was like, I guess my mom was like, we got a namer. And so they just both wrote, um, some names and they threw it in an ashtray. And then they picked names out until Jackie was left, until Jacqueline was left. Were there cigarettes in the ashtray? Uh, probably, because they both smoked like chimneys. So it might have been like Jacqueline and it burnt <laughs> off. It, it, oh, they might have spelled it fun with a C and a Y, but it was Jacqueline, like the French, Jacqueline Kennedy. J-A-C-K-I-E. Is, is. Is Jack, that's how my son's name is Jackie. You named your son Jackie? I named him Jackson, but then every, uh, tool my age that ever decided to, uh, create offspring decided to name their kid Jackson. Like Jackson Pollock? Kinda or not? Yeah. I don't know. You but just it's just like Jackson, is Andrew Xander Jackson and Ty, as George Carlin, Tucker and Todd. <laughs> fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. And fuck Todd and guys that look like Todd. But everybody's named Jackson, <laughs> so we just started calling him Jackie. Okay. So yeah. I got tired of writing Jackson M. On oh, right. everything he owned. Right. And so. Well, uh, I wanted to change the spelling of my name when I was in eighth grade and my stepmother was like. Por que mi amor? Uh, I wanted to, uh, J-A-C-Q-U-I. Jackie. Jackie. Ooh, Mary. Uh, c'est vrai. You're going to be Jackie uh, from, uh. Or some damn thing. The sitcom. I told, Ooh, yeah, I was going to, I was going to turn into a, a, a black lady and it was going to be nice. Mm-hmm. And my stepmother said, not a chance in hell are you pulling this 13-year-old crap. You're, Why won't you let your change your name, Jackie? Because you don't want me to. Mm-hmm. So. What's your middle name? Sue. Jackie Sue. Jacqueline Sue. Cation. Everything about you is adorable. Is blissfully, <laughs> wonderfully so Wisconsin. Oh. I'm a Jackie Sue Cation. Mm-hmm. She lives up the block. Her dad's a good man. He's an aluminum siding salesman. Nobody's ever said that. Have you met Nancy Cation? <laughs> she runs a tight ship. French quarters on the bed. <laughs> She does. You guys got to listen to me on Jay Moore's pod. More stories. M-O-H-R-Stories.com. And then There's it's an on app. iTunes and stuff. You can stuff. get the app. It's and free the app's on your phone. Free. Yeah. My you... app is, it costs a dollar. 
Or $1.99 no, or some damn you thing. You wouldn't do that. I didn't do it. Lipson does it. They've never sent me a dime. I'm, I don't know what to say because my I, app is I, free and I, I feel like. Did uh, you make it? Did you make the app? How'd no, you, how did uh, they do it? Like, I just told my assistant we got to get an app. Oh, and, and six, and things followed. But and it's through Lipson though. Yeah. So, but Lipson automatically makes it and then they, 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 but they charge two bucks for it. I don't. Oh, you know what it is? Maybe I don't know because I I'll have twenty episodes up at a time, and then after that, it's like premium content. Okay. So, like, if you want to hear old like Jay Leno, Patrice O'Neill, Charlie Sheen, I think it's like six bucks. You never have to pay again, and it's never oh, okay. Not, but I don't know if they could make money like that. I don't know. Yeah, there's not. I think there's you need not to put a, a call with the lips and say. But I don't. Uh, I assume it's. I don't know. I don't have a problem with lips and getting two bucks. You do if people aren't going to get it because it's two bucks and they can play Candy Crush for free. Right. Well, here's the weird thing, Lipson, because I do do some bonus content and that it's only available on the app supposedly, except for recently and over the last seven months, Lipson has just been posting it at tdf.lipson.com. So you don't need the app to listen to the bonus content, which is just me and Andy talking about the episode. Like I'll, 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 uh, I'll, w- when we're done ta- taping this, I'll go home and I'll tape a little thing with Andy where I said, he'll say, Hey, how was the show? And I'll say, well, it was with Jay Moore. It was exciting. We didn't talk about Jerry Maguire, but I thought about it a lot. And, uh, and, <laughs> and he'll go, Oh, I saw that movie. Which one was he? And then we'll talk about that. He was the black fella that he signed was, with the Tom Cruise. And then he, and he did the backflip after getting a concussion in a football game, yeah. which no one would allow. In other news. No, there would have uh, been a 15 yard penalty flag. Huh? Right. They would have taken him off. They were like, you don't get to keep playing. Yeah. You've been knocked out for 47 seconds. But when seconds. it's Cuba Gooding Jr. and you know that Snow Dogs is on your horizon, you let him, <laughs> you let a man dance when the sun is shining. By land, that cloud, Cuba. By land. With that cloud approaching. <laughs> exactly. Let him get that dancing. One president. That's the only one we've talked about. Let's do it. You got another one? Oh, who are my favorite presidents? Yeah, who are your favorite? Who uh, is your favorite president? Truman. You like Truman? I love Truman. Truman was a super small town in Missouri. Yeah. And uh, like when he retired, he liked to, he didn't have a detail. He wouldn't let them do like a. a oh, wouldn't let him do a, a secret, secret service. service. Thing? So he would like pull his car up and put change in the meter and be shop a guy. At like wall. Yeah, it was just a regular. He always was. That's the thing. And what I love about Truman is the expression. Some people have greatness thrust upon them. Yeah. Like he was the most ordinary nerdy guy. Yeah. He served in the war. Right. Um, and they had him as vice president, but no one told him that FDR was going to die. Real soon. Oh wait, they didn't let him know he's got like two weeks to live or something. Or no, they just put him on the ticket and they pushed him through because it was um the Pendergrast crew out of St. Louis was like the huge Democratic machine, right? Like the Dailies in Chicago and like the Rockefellers in Manhattan. Yeah. So the Pendergrast, they just pushed Harry Truman through to be on the ticket as vice president, and like FDR dies like two months in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they go, they swear him in. And then they just take him in a back room and they just show him like the plans for like the atom bomb. Like, oh, by the way, this is – we're doing this. And you're going to have to create Israel. Oh, and the Korean War – And by the way, the Korean War is going to come. There's going to be a steelworker strike during the Korean War. So you're going to have to figure out how to juggle all that. And Wait, they didn't know about Korea, did they? No, I'm just saying like all these things got piled onto Harry Truman. Right, right. But did they know when, when, when FDR died? Did they, they know? The they had the bomb. They had the bomb Absolutely. and they knew about Israel? Uh, well, they knew that the Jews were going to need a place to go. Okay. And they, they needed a, a, an actual place to call, a, a, because, to be a sovereign nation. And what about, um, what about desegregation? Because that was one of my favorite things about Truman is he desegregated the armed forces. Yeah. It was, was that him was, or was that the machine? He gave it a shot, but it was very, very hard for him. He, he, he didn't He give had a to shit do executive, it. it was an executive decree. It wasn't. Yeah, he were, yeah. He, the thing with Truman is he was such like a nerdy dad. Like he started <laughs> working on like a uh, highway. He was like fascinated with roads. Oh, okay, the highway system. And when was he that was, his? he started it. And then when he started doing, uh, when he was like a congressman or a senator, I forget because I read it a long time ago. He had nothing to do. Like he was just an absolute one of those like some guys in DC like yeah. to give speeches and they're orators and they like to pound and he realized like well I have nothing to give so he would just literally just drive across the country and take notes and okay. mark like streets he kind of like mapped out 
Oh, cool. The highway system. And then when FDR drive, FDR dive, FDR drive, you ever driven on yeah. FDR drive when he died? <laughs> I have. When he died, it was the greatest Truman thing. Truman becomes weird. president. Yep. And, uh, you know, the Japanese are not going to surrender at all. And you're going to have to drop, uh, the first ever nuclear bomb. We're really not sure if it'll end life as we know it. Right. But, it might, it might destroy the planet because we don't know how powerful it is, even though we've tested it out by uh, where John Wayne is working. How about this? They had to convince him to drop a second one, even though it's completely unnecessary because Jap- yeah. Japan was already going to do the Yeah, they were done. Surrender. What? So who, the machine? The uh, Democratic machine? There was, uh, no, the, as, as the Dwight Eisenhower said on his way out of office, yeah. beware of the military industrial complex. Oh, and right. God help, that's what I love, Jackie. God help the man without my military experience that ever sits in this chair. That's okay. what Dwight Eisenhower said, like on TV. On TV. On his way out. Like who said – that's like the fuck – that's like the spookiest shit ever and it's not – it not, should be common knowledge. It should be like I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Like it should be that famous. It should be on every uh, – every. God help the man without my military experience that sits in this chair. And the next guy up was Truman who had a lot of military experience but he wasn't a five-star general. Right. And he had to drop the bomb on the Japanese. Right. And then Eisenhower and then – because Eisenhower was after Truman. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy. Right. And so Kennedy, no, he, well, he was in the war, wasn't he? Yes. He was okay. good at it too. Okay. He, he was got a shot pilot. down. So I don't know how pilot, I think, right? Yes, he was a pilot. Yeah. And then LBJ. LBJ was the worst presidential biography I ever read. Oh, I read it, 27 pages of a, of an LBJ biography in the New Yorker when I used to get the New Yorker every week and I realized I was reading one a year. And then I had to stop it. But, uh, I, it was a fascinating story about how, he, how charming he was and how paranoid he was and how interesting he was. But was Which he in the White House or was he in, cause the, the one, it, this is the thing with presidential biographies. Yeah. There's always like one. That's good. That's the one. Okay. Like there's 50,000 Abraham Lincoln biographies. Yeah. I haven't read any of them because no one's ever said to me like, Oh, like how McCullough wrote uh, 1776? Yeah. He wrote Truman. Like, that's the one. Okay. And the guy that wrote the Kennedy one, Reeves, he wrote Nixon. Okay. Like, that's the one. Those are the ones. Yeah. There's like tomes and they're like a thousand, 1200 pages or so, but they're completely, you can't stop. Right. But the one, the Johnson one that I was told, uh, Lyndon Johnson, uh, Lyndon Baines. Baines. Johnson. Married a ladybird. It's Mm -hmm. not likely. Uh, Sounds like a dog food. It's Baines. At- <laughs> Baines. I think it's Gaines. Am I thinking of Gaines? Ladybird Baines. Uh, I don't know. Ladybird Baines. What? That sounds like a roller derby team. That sounds like a dog. The name. Johnson biography is actually three separate, right. one thousand page books. Right. And the first one is like right up to when he becomes like a local political guy. Oh my god! Like I don't need that. I don't Nobody need to know that. about West Texas. I don't give a shit. Yeah. When yeah. he was there. And like it was kind of nutty when the ditch and the gully <laughs> and the water and turned muddy. The- Lyndon came and he helped pull the truck out the mud, <laughs> winning over the community. Uh, and the middle one's like just this time in the Senate, there. and then the the third one. But I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I'm not reading the, all three of these books. Right. What about the, just the last one? Get an editor. I don't know why you need to have. It'd be like because there's going to be references to the past. Yeah, like in the Truman one, will be like, you know, once again, that Pendergrass crew from St. Louis, and you're like, all right, that was a hundred pages ago. I'm okay. Okay. It wasn't two books ago. Right. Right. The balls on that for human being to write that. That is insane. And it was next to my toilet. Oh, so right. I read so it every gonna... time I took a dump, which right? is five times a day. I have like a nice problem. Work. Oh, I was going to say that's it, regular. It's okay. It's it's too regular. It's too much. Too much coffee. Okay. So like I was it. always reading at the least five pages at a time. Yeah. And then at nighttime, I would just go like, when you get that thing, any book, everyone listening knows this. You're like, yeah. this book sucks. I am not stopping until I'm done. Right. Like you won't put it down. Right. You're like, I'm going to say I read Moby Dick, but this is an absolute <laughs> pile of shit. Right. And you should know that. And you should tell your kids at school when they're reading Moby Dick, let your child know. This book sucks. Right. Uh, by the way, you know, page- my, my, the book, the classic that I hate is The Scarlet Letter. It's fucking horrible. It's the worst. All I did and was it's spend- poorly written. The, I spent the entire time going, get away from those people. They're Move. toxic. Move. There's I know that there's- horses everywhere. There's nowhere get to go. Get on one and don't I look back. It. How about you take the letter off? Go, yeah, go die of exposure with the Indians. Yeah. Do something, but get away from those people. Tell the Indians the letter is a symbol from God, <laughs> meaning earth, and they'll worship you. And they might, uh, the, the very least, you'll be in charge of chewing all of the, the skins so that they can make 
whatever. Make but, a canoe out of your skin. Right. I'm not going to let you fall down. It's a layup. I'll put it's, it in. That's oh, it's nice improv skills. Here's the so, yes, and here's the thing with uh. My brother loves Moby Dick, though. I've never been able it's to finish horrible. it. It's horrible. Never been able to. Finish I was on it. page two hundred and thirty, yeah. and they weren't in the water yet. Oh, really? And I closed the book and I said, "Fuck this." You're right, right. And I never went back. I've never been there. There are books that I I haven't been able to finish that I'm okay with now. I I feel like I'm an adult. I don't have to finish everything. No. This book is a waste of my time. Yeah, it's. And pe- I'm sure it's very well done for somebody else. This is important, Jackie Cashin. Okay, because <laughs> Cashin, because people need to know when you pick up Atlas Shrugged by uh, Ayn Rand, there is no reason on God's green earth. You should spend nine months reading this book because no. when it's all done, you go, it was pretty good. Right. Like that's how I felt about, uh, any number of, books. uh, you know, uh, Blood Meridian by McC- uh, Cormac McCarthy. I go, oh. it was really good. Everyone told me it was like the greatest of all time. So when I was got to page a thousand, I can't imagine that he write. I went. I know that he right. got the Pulitzer or the Nobel or some damn it's, thing. He's an incredible writer, but it's like it's just so Western. And then there was a fight, and then they got on their horses. It's a and very then they looked for water, and then there was another fight, I and have, they went to town and got booze. <laughs> then they looked for water, then they got on their horse. You're like, what? What happens? Did you see Where's uh, the, the counselor? Did you accidentally? I accidentally had to see I the counselor. I could not believe how bad it was. Yeah, and it, he like it's, fought. It's amazingly. He bad. fought to keep his name in it because he's always been behind the scenes whenever yeah. like uh, old, No Country for Old Men been put to the screen. Yeah. They've always kind of, as studios Somebody do, else pushed him to the back of the line. wrote the screenplay for this that thing. He wrote the screenplay for The Counselor. He insisted on he it. He insisted. He wrote it in prose. Some of it was in final draft. Some of it was just in prose. And if you're doing prose and you have, say, like Hugh Jackman, who's uh, an incredible – Ackman. Broadway actor mm-hmm. and with incredible mm-hmm. chops. If you have somebody like an Alan Cumming, Cumming who can do cabaret mm-hmm. and say something in prose and say it so mellifluously <laughs> that you're completely <laughs> Ooh, engaged. Yes. Well, you have fucking Cameron Diaz. Uh, uh, who's making know, love to a windshield. Making love to a windshield and, and just mm-hmm. like speaking in prose. It, it's laugh out loud bad. And not bad like I'm going to watch the whole thing because it's so bad I'm actually enjoying myself. No, no. It bad where it brings bad. you to anger. Right. Where it makes you want to say, Javier Bardem, what, did you have a mortgage payment? What's happening? And it's like Cameron Diaz, Javier Bardem, Brad Pitt. It was like an amazing cast. Fastbender. Fastbender. Yeah, Fastbender. Fastbender. And I was, I'm watching it. It's like, and I was watching it for a podcast. Al Jackson has a podcast where he assigns you a movie. He could have assigned me Frozen. He could have assigned me the Lego movie. It could have been, uh, there could have been Joy in Mudville. There was not because I was assigned the fucking counselor. And, uh, I, I bet that was a funny podcast. I tried. Oh, it was just me full of rage. Yeah. Uh, cause I don't hate on anything on the dork forest cause the dork forest is a safe space. Whatever you like, you like, whatever you like. It's a good, it's a but nice nobody thing. likes the counselor. So we can, handle nobody, that. nobody. I can't imagine. And I really love Cormac McCarthy and he wrote the road. He'd no country for old men and right. blood Meridian, which I don't believe has ever been turned into a movie. But the thing that's fascinating is studios will always push the writer to the back of the pile, hit yeah. the bricks. We'll take it from here. Yep. And now, as an old man rounding third in his life, the right, son he's is 74 years old. He's like, no, 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 no. If you're doing it, you're doing it my way or the highway. Right. And the studio goes, you know what? Look at his track record. Yep. You got it. And Javier Bardem just did, uh, just won the Oscar for, yep. for, and then it's just this big glop of shit. It's just a horrible. Maybe the, I don't know. I, it's but just a terrible I, I'll idea. tell you, that was the most disappointing movie you know what i can't even say it was the most disappointing movie because it only took up about 20 minutes of my time with fast forward in a hotel room i was not allowed to watch it on fast forward because i was on a computer and so there was buffering and so it was interminable is the word that comes to mind and anyway let's talk about another president that i liked well this is fun Uh, too we also talk about what president what oh truman also i liked i like the desegregation of the army well, Those obviously, because we're human beings right. and we, uh, are, we're alive. Uh, we and, have, and con- we we're, have a conscious. Yeah. Here's, I believe, Nixon's my other favorite president, but not, and he was I like. I have a t-shirt that says, I, I still want to impeach Nixon. He's batshit crazy. Like, yeah. It, today they would have said he was bipolar, he'd be heavily medicated, mm. and it would have come out in the press and he never would have been able to run for president. Right, right. But, I'm, well, he bugged himself. 
Yeah. That's all you need to know about Richard Nixon. He was so I paranoid. Know that he bugged well, anytime the Oval Office door opened, yeah. it started recording. And sometimes just he walks in and starts making phone calls and it's only him. Like that's how crazy he is. <laughs> and out of the 18 hours or whatever it is of tapes that he had to hand over to the FBI, he only erased. There's like, Hey man, there's eight minutes missing. Like eight minutes. Erase, throw it in the fucking ocean. All of it. You're the All president. Oh, you know what? I can't find it, man. Yeah, I must have, I must have done so. I think I taped over you know, my Gerald wedding. Gerald Ford it. was in here the other day, and I think he might have <laughs> absconded with my tapes. I always think of Gerald Ford as like the, the, what you were saying about Truman as just a regular guy. He was a jock, big jock. Was he? Slow Foot- clap job fo- or quick, uh, quick clap job? I'm not sure. Football player. That's why it's so weird that the clumsy thing got pinned on him. Falling down, Chevy Chase made him super famous. Right. On Live he, for like, he was actually very athletic. And, and not he played football, I think, at Michigan, and he was like exceptional. Right, and he wasn't. He he was very graceful, and he just happened to wipe out a couple of times because he was always doing athletic things. The birth of the camera. Yeah. Here's the thing about tr- my favorite politicians are the ones that actually act like dictators, and I'm not Republican or Democrat. Right. I won't legitimize either party with my affiliation because. Okay. I'd like to You're think for an myself, end. and there's yes. there's things that I like that one thing. I voted offers. for I've I've voted for both parties. I have as not well at a national times. level, but if I have voted for both parties. And the thing is, you know, uh, Truman, you have Truman and Nixon more than any other president. Andrew Jackson did it, but Congress really wasn't the like place where things go to die that it is now. Truman and Nixon, I love so much. Because they got so much done by circumventing Congress and doing things completely illegally with things that needed to be done that would have been held up and there would have been disastrous consequences. Truman, there was a steel strike right at the outset of the Korean War. and We only had like 3,500 troops in Korea, but we had to make the North Koreans think we had 50,000. Okay. So we placed them strategically in weird places. So for aerial photos, like we had dummies and scarecrows right. and stuff to make them oh, think weird. there were more guys. And there was a steel strike. Steel workers were going on strike. And you can't possibly have a steel strike if you're about to go to war because you have to build tanks and bullets and guns. Right. They're kind of essential to killing other people. Right, if you're going to have a war. So he did a State of the Union address and he said, I just, uh, before we get started, want to let anybody know if you're a steel worker and if you're on strike tomorrow, first thing, you're getting drafted. Oh. And then he did a State of the Union address <laughs> after that. And he walks off stage and all of his aides and his cabinet members go, that's completely against the law. And he goes, let's just see if they go back to work and we'll deal with it in the morning. And they all just went back to work. <laughs> right. But he can't take that to Congress because they're going to go, well, it's a union. It's a thing. And Nixon, I know people uh, – Nixon gets no credit for ending the Vietnam War. He ended the Vietnam War. It's never a part of his legacy. Right, because well, I mean, and 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 in current statuses, he's incredibly liberal. But I mean, the thing is, is comparatively to the to the the crazy fringes of 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 either party, quite honestly. But the thing is, is he 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 downsized and downsized and downsized and turned it into entirely into an air war. Right? Is that what you you're talking about? Or no, he there no he pulled he, the troops. He, he moved people out. Yeah. And by the time he was in. Uh, impeached by the time he left office. Yeah. I, th- I think there was like 35,000 troops and then it, about a year after it was, it was, it was done. Yeah. And when he took office, it was, you know, hundreds of thousands of troops right. and all, and he bombed Laos and Cambodia. And yes, thousands of civilians right. died and are walking Horrible. around with tens one leg. Yeah, and it's bad. Tens of thousands and burned to death. Yes. But the fact, and this is in the Nixon biography, mm-hmm. uh, so it must be true. <laughs> The North Reeves. Vietnamese were going west through Laos and Cambodia and circling back around and coming up behind American troops and just absolutely cutting us in half. Right. And we just couldn't – you can't go into a country right. and say you know it's invading well, – you're invading well, the, another country. Right. So he bombed where the North Vietnamese locales were right. supposed to be. Right. Now, I know this is a horrible – he could go to the Hague for this. I understand right. this. Right, but they, if the you Hague. ask any Vietnam veteran mm-hmm. that was in Vietnam at this time, yes. they will tell you that they applauded when the jets were headed west, right? Because they knew they were going to live. You, you no, no, yeah, no, you no. Can't I can't take it. that to Congress. Well, you, you can't <sighs> take that to Congress. I mean, and the problem with with holding a war is when you want to have rules about it. Yeah, you know, you're just like, oh, we're. 
there's going to be a Geneva Convention. We're not going to torture. We're going to do this. We're going to I do that. That's why I respect the Somali pirates. There are no rules. It's, <laughs> right. it's like a. Uh, but they're only making seven dollars a month. So yeah, but they're out in the open seas. They just the wear old sea. clothes from the Chess King. <laughs> No, the like game. they don't wear classic. No yeah, they go the other way with the whole pirate outfit. They're just right. wearing like a Gap purple t-shirt, basically stuff African Americans wore in like '92, like bright uh purple shirts and like real baggy gold pants. Who does some some comic does that joke about how the second the second place team in the foot in in oh it all goes to Africa it all goes to Africa so they're all wearing like. Uh, Detroit Lions Super, Super Bowl, Bowl champions, champ t-shirts yeah. or whatever. And they do send them there. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's just extra, you know. I, I was at the Super Bowl in San Diego where the, uh, Denver Broncos beat the Green Bay Packers and the Broncos win. John mm-hmm. Elway finally won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And in the parking lot, there's a guy selling Green Bay Packers back to back Super Bowl champion t-shirts. And I'm like, oh, because you always wonder where yeah. do they go? Because as soon as the the horn sounds, they put on the hat immediately. Right. So by law, they you know they made a thousand hats and front yep. pages for the other team. So you always go, where do those shirts go? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I found the guy where they go. Yeah. And he's out there, and he's like, uh, he was like a Nigerian guy, and he's going, um, he goes, he goes, ten dollar, ten dollar, ten dollar, ten dollar, and I go, give me five. Because yeah. I'm going to give them to my friends. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. And then I hand them $10. He goes, no, that's $10 each. I go, they fucking lost. <laughs> Did you get him? Uh, yeah, I got all yeah. five shirts. for. I, I gave, they gave him like 20. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I felt like a big shot. Well, you got to haggle. That's what they say. You got to haggle. Who's your favorite president? Um, It's Lincoln, I think. Even though I'm not psyched. Here's the thing about every president. Every president did horrible things, Right. So, and, and I haven't read well, the Well, you have to be a psychopath to be president. Right. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Great book. Psychopath Test. John Ronson. Yeah? Yes. You'll What's love it. Called? The Psychopath Test. It's a series Test. of essays. He's a very nevish uh, yeah. British man. And, and, what, he, and the author's name again? John Ronson. I'll write down okay. for you when we're done. It's awesome. Like okay. just breaking down psychopaths and really like interviewing psychopaths. People that have faked being, being crazy to get out of going to jail, yeah. but now they can't get out of the mental hospital. Right. Because every single thing you say, they go, oh, now he's being super agreeable. I guess the meds are where – and then you have a tantrum. They're like, oh, he's very aggressive. And you're like, wow. all right, I did do it. You know, he's delusional. Like, it's it's amazing. Wow. Uh, anyway, so Lincoln – Lincoln, uh, you know – Horribly when, depressed. Very depressed. Uh, very um, – you know, I, I understand where he was at. Have you ever read uh, Sarah Vowell's Assassination Vacation? No. She reads it and she gets like Bogosian and uh, and and John Stewart and different people to do different voices. It's the best on audio, on Audible, to listen right. to Assassination Vacation. And what it is, it's a history of Garfield, uh, Lincoln, and McKinley. And it's her going around to all of where they were killed and she loves a plaque and she goes to see. And it's really very insightful about about their presidencies. You know what they all have in common, including JFK. They were all elected in the year with a zero at the end. That's right. There's something the like – The curse of Tecumseh. The curse. He cursed – and even Reagan got shot in 80. Mm-hmm. It went mm-hmm. all the way up to Reagan. Bush is the only guy that dodged it. Well – Dick Thank Cheney God. shot the wrong guy in the face. Exactly. According to the curse. I don't According want Dick Cheney to shoot George Bush. Right, right. Or anyone. So Lincoln, crazy, crazy depressed. Crazy depressed. I love Lincoln too. I don't like the fact that he was essential. He wanted every, he wanted all the executive power. He didn't want checks and balances at all. No, no. But, but he was why hoarding would, power. Why would he? Because uh, that's how it was set up out right. of respect to the game. But here's the thing. Barack Obama, who I am a giant supporter of, uh, did not give back any of the executive powers that Dick Cheney got for George W. Bush. Right. Because nobody does. Once you have that power, it turns out you're like, you know, that actually wasn't in the original plan. I'm going to give that power back. And even, you know, and I think Barack Obama has as much power hungry as any president because he's president. Well, you're a psychopath. The, that's how you're president. That's how you get to be president. You don't do it for the two hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah, no one, no one can make that money selling aluminum siding in 30, a good winter. You know, you two months, two months, you make that kind of money. It's a pyramid scheme. About it. And uh, so, but he's, 
Yeah. So, but my thing with, with, uh, Lincoln was, uh, was he got a, a lot of messages from the frontier troops saying, Hey, we're having some Indian uprisings out here. And, uh, and Lincoln, there's a memo Lincoln sent out West and it was, yeah, I don't have time for this. Just kill them all about the Indians. It's very Andrew Jackson of him. Yeah. 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 Very trail of tears, trail mix of tears. Let's do this. Trail mix of tears is delicious, but the aftertaste, it feels terrible. <laughs> it does. It gets you all sad. Like, wow, this isn't my land at all. This is not. This, this is looks your like, land? this kind of looks like Florida. This looks like your land. This looks like my land. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Lincoln We're was working. so depressed. Yeah. And he would go out and work like in his fields, like and behind the White House. He would do like a lot of like yard Gardening work. Gardening and yard work? Yeah. Like in the mud. Like he was, he was actually fucking crazy. Okay. Like Nixon crazy. But depressed in another direction. Nixon was a paranoid. Shit, kind of. Nixon was a paranoid and didn't realize. Like no one ever said. By the way, you won. <laughs> right? Like stop with this Kennedy shit. He's fucking dead. You're the winner. Right. Relax. Relax. Take a swim, man. <laughs> Chill out. Uh, There's a watering hole down so there. So Kennedy would come to do speeches, and uh, sorry, Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln would do yeah. speeches, and they always had to make sure there was a podium. Because from the thighs down, he was always covered in mud. He didn't, and he never had his hair combed. Look at his presidential profiles later in his presidency. I believe there's. He was genuinely filthy at yeah. all times. Co- not all at all times, but he had to do a speech, and he's like, "All right, I'll go uh, work on the uh, bramble out here." And then he would just <laughs> Before, have mud, just to calm down a little bit. Maybe that was like his process or something. Yeah, or like it, like George Bush had to clear bramble all the time. Right. He was always clearing bramble. Yeah, there was like, bramble. There's stuff needed. in the yard that needs to be done, and he's like, uh, you know, he's a lawyer. From, he's a lawyer from Kentucky. He works yeah. in the woods, which I'm not sure why they gave out so many law degrees in the woods of Kentucky back then. But right, and I don't know why Illinois is land really of Lincoln. E- it's a lot easier. A the lot bar easier. exam. Yeah, the bar is pretty easy. You need to work a level on a house. <laughs> exactly. You're like, and also, if you look at Lincoln's uh, portraits, mm-hmm. the later it gets in his presidency, what? Look at his hair. Yeah, it's like. It's like uh, crazy, like Kings of Leon here. It's not. It's <laughs> no. today they would call him like Ron Wood. Okay. Like he's got like rock and roll crazy man here. Okay. But it's because he just didn't have the will to live enough to like actually run a comb through his hair when he was getting his. Because all co- the everybody talks about how his wife is super depressed. They all were. They just like the whole just family. Absolute just a bunch of, crazy house. Just a bunch of because I saw Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Which um, was not historically accurate. I disagree. Uh, it's well, he came to abolition later in life than was depicted in the film, and because uh, <laughs> they said as a kid he was all for black, for slave rights, and uh, and he was uh, never for slave rights. He was never for slave rights. No, ever at any time in his presidency. And I'm no. not making a joke because we're joking about the uh, right because the vampire. Hunter. Don't kid yourselves. No, no, don't kid yourself. Economics, was- people, same as it is today. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, dollar bill. Let's get that power shifted to the north. Exactly. He's just. Yeah, he's very political. It was it was all politics, and it wasn't didn't have anything to do with. I mean, and he's a Republican, so my stomach turns when they keep putting Barack Obama in front of these portraits of Abraham Lincoln, like on election night. Well, it's before I'm the like, Republican Party. Okay, just because he freed the slaves. But the Republican Party was more liberal than the, the Democratic Party at the time. Right, but you have a dem- now it's completely cut in stone. Right, it's there's no ambiguity. It's a square peg. Round peg. Yep. And you have a square peg in front of a portrait of a round peg. Like, <laughs> see how far we've come? Like, right. I think what I hate is the parenthetical, the super underlying. Oh, and I right, say this right, all the, the time. Black. Like when people go, why has it always got to be about race? I'm like, cause if you're black, it is always about race. Right. We're white. It's easy for us to question it. Right. But a black guy who's president doesn't in front get of a, to make it not about race. In front of, in front of a portrait of Abraham Lincoln, I'm yeah. like, well, he's a, oh, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. Look how far we've come. We have a black yes. president. Everything's yes. fine. Everything's fine, America. Oh, okay. As Bill Hicks would say, go back to sleep, America. <laughs> go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. Everything's fine. Government's in control. Him? Did you ever get to? I met him? him one time. I was emceeing at the Village Gate in Manhattan, and I remember thinking uh, I was in awe, obviously, because he was he was full fledged Bill Hicks at that he, time, he, and he was just doing a spot in yeah. Manhattan downtown in the Village. And I just went up to him. I said, "Hey, my my name's Jay. I just want to say hi." And he goes, "Hey, man, that was it. That was it." But I remember like, he kind of looked like, he was like, had an Elvis vibe to him oh, off stage. Nice. He was really cool. All right. Kind of laid back and just. Here's a Truman thing. Speaking of Bill yeah, yeah. They had to redo the White House during the Korean War. It was falling apart. Okay. Or like things were falling. Right. And Truman, they, they were like, he's obviously 
a doddering old man. It's time for him to go. And they're like, why? Because every time the construction people came and all the oversight and the committees, they'd go, he would say, it would really mean the world to me if you fellas could start in the back in the basement. And they're like, all right, but the scaffolding's falling in the front of the White House. Somebody's right. going to fall in somebody's car. They're going to get killed. Then he goes, that's great. It would really mean the world. Like somebody with complete dementia. That's all he said. Yeah. And this shit went on for like months until finally right. they went, I guess we're starting in the back in the basement, which by the way, in the White House, like three stories underground. It's really cool. Right. It's like almost like a bunker. Yeah, yeah. So they just backhoe and they dug and they dug and it took like six months. Mm -hmm. And then the Korean War ended and stuff. And then right when the Korean War ended, Harry Truman walks out in his pajamas in the morning. Uh, he had a shot of whiskey every yeah. one shot every morning. Shot of whiskey, walks out and goes, all right, do the front. Wow. He knew you can't have photographs or on television the White House under construction if you're bombing brown people across the world. Yeah. You can't have no. both. He was no. a fucking genius. Right. That is a PR nightmare. And he nightmare. played it like a dumb old guy. Like, it would yeah. really mean the world to me if you fellas could start in the back in the basement. Right. But you can't be in Korea – Sell that war. Yeah. And then on the news, see scaffolding on the front of the White House and let Korea and let the Soviet Union see. Right. That, that you have to rebuild your your castle. They thought he was like a crazy man. Yeah. It would really mean the world to me. It, it would. Like he just kept saying it. Right. Like dementia. <laughs> where's Randy? <laughs> Baby, where's Randy? What Damien doing? What Damien doing? What Damien doing? It's a, uh, I worked with this uh, Australian comic, and he said during his wedding, he has a cousin who's uh, developmentally disabled, and through the whole video, all you can hear is her going, "What Damien doing?" His name's Damien. My aunt special. Yeah. During the baptism of my youngest son, Jackie and Mackie, mm -hmm. Meredith Daniel, we call him Mackie. Mm -hmm. You just hear, "No, <laughs> no, get away from me!" Oh my gosh! And we're the only ones in the church. And she's just <laughs> screaming. All right. Sometimes and you see you see dead people. Oh, Sometimes. she's she's just. Have you ever? Have you ever seen, like just likes to yell no. Do you know Mike Kaplan? You have seen um, New York comic? I, I Mike love Kaplan? his stand up, and I would I have not seen him live. You should I, get you should get, get him, him on. on. You should get him on. Myq Mike Kaplan. Myq Mike Kaplan. Uh, I did a college with him the other night, and he was talking to the audience, and he said because he has this joke, it's like, "Who believes in ghosts? Clap if you're wrong." And, uh, and then he's yeah. talking about ghosts and he's like, now I don't believe in ghosts, but this room is half empty. Some people think ghosts are in those seats. I think ninjas are in those seats. I believe in ninjas. Yeah. They're very, very spooky. And it was, or whatever. And it was yeah. just a great, and, um, I don't know why that came up. And ninjas uh, are a real threat. They could, they could throw oh, a star at you. They have stars. It's not like Nova and, you know, Aurora Borealis. There's a thing called ninja stars. There's a ninja Separate star. Pointy, pointy. The, oh, rangers of the dark forest know of stars. Yeah. And, uh, so, okay. I'm happy I'm in the dark forest. And you know what? If I had a little extra cabbage, I'd build a treehouse here. Oh, it's good times. It's yeah. good time. Presidential treehouse. So what we've done, we've talked Kennedy. We've talked Truman. We've talked Nixon. We've talked Lincoln. Are we putting people to sleep with my boring presidential stuff? There's no minutia too small. Uh, what I will get is a, uh, I'll get, I'll, I'll get a, a, a long message from Todd, a Todd Mason possibly or a Ross Whitman. Uh, these are a couple of gentlemen like to write in, like to fill in some gaps that we didn't get to. Yeah. But there's only an hour. When you're talking presidential stuff, there's a lot of caps. Right. Somebody will always cry. It wasn't Truman that did the highways. It was so and so Truman up on later. But it's all good because uh, I'm going to have Brian Kiley on. Uh, I like he, Brian Kiley. He's very kind. He loves kind. presidentials. He's I, a I like. Please tell him I well. said hello. He's very kind. Okay, he's a good egg. That guy. Yeah. He's okay. one of those guys that always has a smile. He's read for Conan forever. Yeah. And Twenty years, he said. Every time you saw Brian Kiley at a gig, big smile, handshake. How you doing? Knows who you are. And for some reason. It's the lost art of, hi, how are you? I'm happy to be here in this shithole that we're both in. And you're here too, so we should be happy that we're together. Right, we're both working. Yeah. This is good stuff. Who cares if it's a bowling alley in Warwick, Rhode Island, and it's candle pin bowling. Right, right. Candle pin. I've never even seen candle pin bowling. Well, he used to be on TV when I was a kid, and I never understood why. Uh -huh. The ball is like super small. Right. And they're actually tiny pins. Tiny pins that- But uh, Warwick, Rhode Island. Huh? Rhode Island. Jewelry capital of the world. Rhode Island, mafia, Providence, Rhode Island is the capital. No bigger mafia than Providence, Rhode Island. That's where the, that's the hub. Oh. More than Rome. My dad, uh, 
small amount of work for the Milwaukee mob. That's and by the way, for the listener, mm-hmm. Milwaukee. I'm not making any. This is completely serious. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee mob, no fucking joke. No, no, that I is mean, legit fucking greaseball. <laughs> put you in the dirt, mob. I'm not oh, joking. You well, know this. Well, they will. They will kill you as soon as look at you, just because they're bored. Yeah, it's not like I mean, in New York and Chicago. I mean, they, they got the they city got other never sleeps, baby. Where are we going? Yeah, Milwaukee's asleep. So they're like, well, why don't we kill somebody? And uh, so, yeah, but my dad, he was, he did a little small bagman work because he, you know, he's an aluminum siding guy. So they'd be like, well, as long as you're going over there, why don't you drop off the money? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and since my father, uh, a bit of a gambler, not good at it because no one is. Nobody. Uh, so, uh, he, he owed some gentlemen. He, he was on That's task. A great point you just made. What? Nobody is good at, like, you have to tweet that. Yeah. I should probably do something with that. Nobody is good at gambling. Nope. If it, Nobody. Nope. Ever. <laughs> I know they have TV shows that imply that some people are good at poker and they live well, good then lives. look at the building they're playing in because mm-hmm. it was built on your money. Right. One of my favorite stories, but I'm out to breakfast with my dad and my dad hasn't gambled in a long time, right? So we're out to breakfast. Guy comes into the breakfast place that my father goes to at least four days a week. And the guy goes, oh, I like that guy. You know, that guy, that guy wins all the time. He's a, he's a good gambler, that guy. And I was like, is he dead? Is he a good gambler? And so the guy comes over and the guy's working the room like my dad, my father does. But this guy comes over and he says hi to my dad and my dad introduces me. The guy's wife then comes over who's been working the room separately, whatever, but she comes over and the guy, the successful gambler says to his wife, this is Elliot Cation. He stopped gambling. This woman, the wife, grabs my dad's uh wrist like old ladies do where it's tight. And, and cold. And cold because they're almost dead. And she goes, can you talk to him? Can you talk to him about stopping? And when they went away, I said, so he's good at gambling, huh, dad? Probably not if his wife is trying to get. Nobody is. It, it is a loser's game. Yeah. nobody. The only way to win is to not to play, my friends. War games. I was at... Uh... <laughs> There used to be a guy, he still plays Vegas. His name is Cookie Jar. Cook E Jar. <laughs> middle initial E, like Chuck E Cheese. Oh, Cook there you E Jar. Go. Cook and the Crumbs is his band, uh-huh. which oh. is a Casio. That's awesome. And he used to play this, uh, he plays all over the place now. And he just does covers and he's an older guy, super tan. Yep. Leathery skin. Super he puts on tan. like a Rod Stewart wig and he does Rod Stewart. He's, he's, a, he's incredibly talented. Right. Which makes it the most bizarre lounge show you'll ever see. Right. So me, Bruce Smirnoff, and Rich Voss go to this hotel that's been demolished. Comedy gold. The Continental. And uh, we get in the cab and we go, we're going to the Continental. And the guy goes, hotel or airlines? And Rich Voss, for some reason, very aggressively goes, do you see any fucking luggage? <laughs> and then we now we know now that Rich was a degenerate gambler and he was like, had a fever. He couldn't wait to get to this place. Yeah. So we go to the Continental and meet. We're all sitting in this little – it's a small lounge. It holds 80 people. <laughs> right. And Cookie Jar, we told him we were coming. He's all mm-hmm. like, hey, all right, super show busy, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, baby, pinky <laughs> ring. You got it. Thank you. And Rich Voss goes, I lost all my money. Could you give me a 100 bucks to me? So I give him a 100 bucks. And I just – I had just gotten paid yeah. at another casino. So I was flush. I had a yeah, lot yeah. of cash for me. And uh, he goes and he comes back like 10 minutes later. He goes, listen. You know, I'm going to pay you back. Give me like 200. I won't buy me again for like another. He goes, he plays craps. Yeah. And he comes back and he goes, give me another hundred. Now I want to keep giving. I've told the story too rich and on other oh, shows. That's so hilarious. now I just want to keep doing this to see how, like, I'm stunned at how much losing is happening this quickly. Right. Cause he comes back quicker each time. Right. So like the fifth time he comes to get my money, he asked me for another hundred dollars. Cookie jars on stage and Rich Voss goes, listen, could you give me – and Cookie, swear to God, if you don't know me by now, handcuff him <laughs> to the chair. He's got a fucking sickness. <laughs> you never ever – crap tables, this fucking guy. <laughs> if you handcuff him to the chair, he's got a fucking sickness. Oh is what Cookie God. Jar yells. Oh my God! Never misses the beat. If you don't know, handcuff him to the chair. He's got a fucking sickness. By now, holy shit! And we just laughed our balls off. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I don't play craps. Oh no, I, I I've tried it once. It is the easiest way to lose two hundred dollars almost immediately. 
Well, I've learned firsthand. It was my $200 and I wasn't even what? playing. Also, the guy that taught me to play craps was an old friend of mine, Steve Cato. Mm-hmm. And he was like a gambling addict-ish. Right. So when he taught me to play, it was with that like mania, like sped up, like super, right. like just take, no, no, just, just put this on the cum line. Nah, we lost. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Well, that's the problem with Because I want to get you to play. Just put it on the cum line. If you want hard, but you do this and you put this. Just, no, no, no. You got to put this up here. This goes, uh, uh. Oh, look, this is good. Look at that. You want 40 bucks? I'm like, I'm not learning anything. Just no, chips going no, back and forth. Just back and forth. This is like the tide. It's, it's the worst. In and out. Mostly out. Right. Mostly out. And you're trapped inside a cave. Uh, yeah, there's no, uh, yeah, there's no. Troupier, best gig in the casino because you only got to get a stick. You get a stick? Nice stick. I just did Tahoe for too long. Uh, I was there, what, five you days? There night? Uh, it's uh, so long. And, uh, I, tr- whenever I play, I have a bit of an addiction problem, so I try not to play. I try not to play. I last as long as I can. So I started sadly on Saturday. Should have waited till Sunday. Oh. Uh, so I won. I won oh. on Saturday. I like to oh, play blackjack. Nice. It's essentially I like to sit at a blackjack pe- table with like-minded individuals and uh, and and throw away and light up sixty dollars on fire. That's what I like to do, and I think of it as entertainment. And I and I call it. And when I've lost sixty dollars, I'm done. Right. Okay. So I won $120. So now I have $180 yeah. in my head. So the next day I lose $120. So it's fine. At the end of it all, I'm even. Uh, I've, I've okay. paid for my thing, but it was, it was not done in any way, shape or form that was fun. It was done. It was, it's like trying to control my drinking, control like and going enjoy to the my fridge drink. for the second hagen does. Like, right. it's going to give me diarrhea, but I can't stop. Best. But I'll get to read more. <laughs> But I'll get to more read more of that Johnson biography. That's going to be fantastic. Did you ever runs. read like a, a George Washington or Jefferson or you ever do any of our founding fathers? Like the, I did. I dug it. Uh, but can you uh, separate the atoms in your mind? Uh, yeah, John and John Quincy, uh, nephew and uncle, I believe. I Is that think correct? so. Yeah. And I dig those guys for the balls to tell King George to go uh, to go kick rocks. It's pretty sure. ballsy. But I always think of them as. Uh, the supreme hypocrites of all time. Oh, yeah? You know, you can vote if you're a white landowner. Oh, right. And like George Carlin has that great line, all men are created equal except niggers and women. <laughs> and it's the sheer balls that these guys had yeah. to say all men are created equal. Put it in writing and then they were all like slave owners Yeah. and women couldn't vote. They're like, go- we love Locke, we love Voltaire, but uh, just in theory. Yeah. So, But they did have – I mean to go across – look – to go across the ocean back then, you died. Right. And if you took, uh, if you went from, uh, New York City to Washington DC, it took a month, mm-hmm. an actual month, and one of your kids died, and you're right. like, well, just one, we're okay. <laughs> Thank God we have eight. Right. Uh, it, the, and fighting the Civil War is, uh, like fascinating. Like, we're mad as hell, we're not gonna take it anymore. You're mm-hmm. taking all of our money. Mm-hmm. Kiss our ass. Taxation without representation is bullshit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, they were they were like crazy men. Yeah. But John Hancock fascinates me more than any of them. Oh, really? I have this sketch in my head. All the sketches that I really like are yeah. uh, 20 years after Saturday Night Live. Okay. <laughs> and I thought this would be a great sketch. John Hancock signs the uh, Declaration of Independence. Huge. Huge. Big fuck you to King George. Right. And then I like to think that all the other guys in the room just kind of start walking backwards. I'm like, looks good. Looks good. Just put you. it in the mail. Let's Just do it. You. And he's like, what's going on? Like, no, you signed it. We're all set. <laughs> like, no, you all need to sign it. And he's like, no, I mean, you took up all the space anyway. There's no room. All right, guys, so far we have a letter telling King George to go fuck himself. <laughs> sign me. And they're all like, yeah, like murmur. Like, sure. That seems to work. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I got my horse has been acting up. I don't know what's going on. Let me got some shoe. bad grain. You know, gotta- you you know me. Right. I, I would totally I be back. into this, but I gotta go. Yeah. And like, just have somebody go like, I double parked and have everybody go, well, we don't know what that means. So just skip <laughs> over it entirely. Just have like a black guy out yes. of nowhere, like, I'll sign the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And everybody like looks double takes, but John Hancock really put his balls on the line and not like a big, uh, big poli- poli- political man. Right. Right. Didn't, nobody knew. I'd be the guy way up in the corner. I would just initial it real <laughs> tiny. Right. In case we lost the war, I could go, I don't, you look, I didn't even sign it. Right. No, that's not my initial. When you're that's a little it. kid and you lie, you got to make your eyes real big. I, I didn't even sign it. Oh, 
God, I love when you're a kid, when you're lying and everyone knows and you think that you're like, no, I said I didn't do it. I don't understand why you wouldn't think I would have done it after I just said I didn't do it. I, it's an amazing day in your childhood when you actually learn how to look someone in the face and lie well. Uh, and then it works and you're like, oh, but you know you only got like three of those in you. When you look your mom or dad in the eye and go, I was not absent from school. Right. They, so everyone's wrong but you? Yes. Yes. And you and just you stare on. and you go, holy shit. It worked. I'm acting. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go to Jay Moore. Uh, 37. 37. Or jmore.com for stand updates. For everything. Yeah, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be in in, in April? Uh, Denver Comedy Works. You help me fill that place up. That's a big giant. That's, that's in April. That's, nice that's mid April. I like that very much. And How then, about May? Uh, May 10th, Fox Theater, Bakersfield. You should, you should Jay, record. Huh? You should record your special. I'm going to. Yeah, do it. I'm going to do it just like you did it. You've inspired yep. me, Jackie. Kidd. And you should name it. This will make an excellent Horcrux too. As you know, well. I know what I'm going to name it? What are you going to name it? Can people, somebody steal it if I say it on the thing? Nope. Well, they can, but it's hardly, very unlikely. My son's in a preschool. It's like daycare, but it's like a preschool and they have a report card every day. Yeah. And it says Mackie. His name is Meredith. Named that to my father-in-law. It's very Southern. Meredith Daniel. Yep. More, but no two-year-old can say Meredith, so we call him Mackie. Mm-hmm. And every day it says Mackie and it says bowel movement. No. And then it says mood. It's got like what they did, the activities. Yeah. And then at the bottom in bold, mood. And there's three columns. And it says, and they circle happy. Mm-hmm. And then it says lunch. And on the last column, they circle a lot. So my <laughs> special is going to be Jay Moore, happy and a lot. Happy a lot. Happy and a lot. And a lot. Happy That's period awesome. and a lot. That's perfect. And it's, you know, I'm always That's happy. Adorable. Too, so I You're happy. That. You, I'm a Dork Forest were, veteran now. This is it. You have, you're wearing your Dork Forest t-shirt. Brown. And, uh, you chose brown. He went with the brown, ladies Color and gentlemen. Color the trees. That's, I'm that's a sprite. Beautiful. I'm a wood nymph. Yeah. There's brown, there's green, and then there's the black one. That we got that one for Maddie. I, yeah, he needs to look a little slimmer. All right. It's not, it is slipping. Thank you so much for doing the show, everybody. everybody. Let me know about that Jeopardy fella. I'll let you know about that Jeopardy fella. You can listen yourselves at iTunes. Feel free to review the show. That's for Christ, I'm that's leave a, a review. People love that. It helps the ranking somehow too. Did so, you some, know that? Yeah, somebody's supposed to care over at iTunes if if people do the reviews. Yeah, it's a weird. It's nice. Uh, you paradigm can, they have. Or somehow. you could just email me Jackie at JackieCation.com and review it to my face. Hey, I like that one. That's a nice review. I appreciate that, uh, mm-hmm. that you just tell them straight up. I feel like Russell Brand suddenly. I pre- you tell them to email you directly. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Spreading love, spreading love. Don't Jackie stop Cation, at the house. There's no pop-ins. That's what all I'm saying. No pop-ins. And tell Andrew, uh, how it went when you get home tonight. I'll, I'll tell Andy about it. He's Guy's a little handsy, that Jay Moore. That guy. Little handsy. He's also chatty Magoo. Oh. I'm hanging up. Take care out there. Bye. All right. That was great. Thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. Uh, the bonus content, which is Andy and I discussing the show, uh, is available on the apps, the Libsyn sold apps. For some reason, Libsyn is also just posting it for free, so you don't have to buy the app. You can just go to tdf.libsyn.com if you're just downloading it to your iTunes and putting it on some other app to listen to all of the different podcasts that you listen to. So if you want to listen to the bonus content, just go to tdf.libson.com or you can buy the app if you want. And uh, you can also just go to iTunes, by the way, and review the show. iTunes supposedly cares about that. So if you're enjoying the show, and I read them, and that's great. And if you ever want to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. The credits, of course. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song. He's going to sing the Mexican hat dance right here in a moment. And Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com, where, by the way, there is a donation button, JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. Feel free to donate. I'd love everyone to give me a 100 bucks a year. That is $8.33 a month. I have not figured out a way to make that easy for you. You would have to remember that, or you can just throw me some money. If you don't have any money, uh, that's fine as well. But feel free to talk up the show. And if you would like merch, if you'd like a, a Dork Forest t-shirt or a CD of my stand-up comedy or would like to know where I'm doing stand-up, go to JackieCation.com and hook yourself up. There's also an Amazon banner. If you want to, or if you ever order from Amazon, and we all do, go through JackieCation.com and the Amazon banner. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. See you next week. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that?
If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?